From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Unconquered Podcast. And before we start, I want to thank my first sponsor, and that is EPR Creations. They partner with small businesses for website development and online strategy planning. Take a look at the latest work, uh, website for Russ Roberts of Econ Talk, one of the best podcasts in the business. If you're not listening to Econ Talk, you need to be listening to Econ Talk. If you're interested in economics or politics or that sort of thing at all, that's that's a, they're not a sponsor, but I've, I've been an avid listener for a long, long time. But take a look at Russ's uh, website. Take a look at what EPR Creations did. They're the best in the business. If you have any website needs, any sort of online branding or development or website development that needs to be done, give EPR Creations a call or send them an email. Information is in the show notes. All right, we're talking UVA. This is the UVA preview. And uh, not going to be not going to go too long on this, but uh, we'll start with the UVA off- the UVA offense and, uh, and and talk about what problems they may present. Look at some of the matchups and uh, what can be expected there. Uh, first and foremost, everything on their offense goes through Bryce Perkins, uh, their their quarterback, who is uh, he, he's slated to probably be the the second team All ACC quarterback at least based on last year's. Uh, performance. I'm not as sold on him as some others in terms of how good he really is, but the thing that he that he has brought them is that he is a quarterback who doesn't lose games for you. He's consistent and he can he can really hurt defenses with his legs. He's big and strong. He's about 6'3", 215 or 220. Uh does not go down easily. He runs with a physicality between the tackles, he's got some good explosiveness. Now he does have a little bit of a knee knee thing going on right now, so I'm not exactly sure how that's going to impact things. But he, uh, he he's a he's a big strong guy, uh, and you have to account for him like you would a running back. In fact, he might be their best running back, uh, and he's got a, a strong arm. He can he can push it downfield. Although my impression of his accuracy, I think he's pretty average in terms of his accuracy. Uh, he's not somebody who who really scares you on in terms of being able to throw a great deep ball or or a ball down the seams, but he will fit some balls in there once in a while. Just not uh, you know, you're not talking Trevor Lawrence with his arm. You know, he's he's pretty average arm in terms of overall ta- overall arm talent, but he does have a uh, he does have a strong arm and can and can uh, throw say at your field corner, which not every quarterback can. Uh, but again, they're going to, they're going to use him in every way possible. They're going to use him in the read game. They're going to use him at, on just design quarterback runs. And then the other thing is when he drops back, he's really hard to, to get down on the ground in terms of sacking, uh, sacking him. So you you better bring it when you're, when you're going to try to tackle him because he's one of those guys, you get a, you get a hand on him in the pocket. And then all of a sudden it's a eight yard gain for a first down on third and eight and, you're pulling your hair out as a defensive coordinator. So that's where it all starts. That's that's the dude, and Florida State's going to have to account for him. Uh, you've got to make sure that you're very disciplined on the edge. You can't do some of the stuff that they did against ULM in particular, where you have some of those edge guys, whether uh, whether it be Janarius Robinson or Kando or Warner or, or uh, uh, Gaynor or any of these guys. You can't have those guys getting nosy and turning, turning up inside to stop somebody else, uh, you know, let's say they 
it, you've got a zone read type thing or some sort of inside inside action. They hand it to the back a couple times. You can't get sucked in there because Perkins on the edge is is much more dangerous than the running back. You want them to beat beat you with their running backs and with their offensive line. You don't want to let Bryce Perkins beat you. Uh, and you know, as a as a defensive guy, I, I always have believed in you've got to make the offense beat you left-handed and you know make them do the things that they're not as comfortable doing and the first thing that that UVA is comfortable doing is Bryce Perkins getting on the edge or Bryce Perkins in the running game and so you've got a scheme to make sure that he's taken away you you hit him every time he's got the ball and make sure that that uh if you're going to make somebody beat you make it be someone other than Bryce Perkins so that's that's not that's first and foremost now this is one thing that in looking at Virginia and and taking a look, particularly at their at their game against Pitt, the, you know the second game was not as not as valuable because just not not a good enough team to really uh, really get much from. But I don't think their offensive line is very good. Uh, they're a physical team. Their offensive line was pretty decent last year, and they're they're but they're a physical team. They they predicate themselves on running the ball first. You know they've taken on Coach Brendo, Bronco Mendenhall's persona personality and I really like Mendenhall I think he's one of the better coaches in the game I was one of the few people when he was hired at UVA who thought that that was a good hire uh, just because I, I so respect the way that he runs the program and he can he maximizes his talent uh, and they've actually started recruiting recent reasonably well up there as well which was the real question but again he's a guy who's going to get he's going to always have a physical football team that doesn't beat itself and that meshes really well with the institutional identity at, at UVA and it's a, it's a good match but in order to play his kind of physical brand of football, you want to have a better offensive line than he's got. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, by the way, if you if you remember Taysom Hill from a few years ago at BYU, that was Bronco Mendenhall at BYU. And what they're doing with Perkins is basically what uh, BYU did with Taysom Hill. And you can those of you who uh, who are out there might remember who watched a lot of ball might remember what BYU did to Texas with. Taysom Hill, where they bludgeoned them for like 500 yards and embarrassed them just with that kind of physicality and just took it to that Texas defense. That was a game that got Manny Diaz fired. So, you know, that that's the kind of thing that they're going to try to do. That's just that's who Mendenhall is. That's what his style is. And that's what they're going to try to do to Florida State's defense. They're going to try to do the same thing and just take it to him at the point of attack, run the quarterback and force you to tackle that guy over and over again and, and force you to be disciplined over and over again. But the problem is that, again, their offensive line, I don't again, I don't think their offensive line is a whole lot better than Florida State's. Now, one thing I, I I will say their their left tackle is something you don't see very often, and that's a six foot ten. He's like six nine or six ten, left tackle. He's young. He's not that good yet, but man, the length. But they're they're going to be. I just I don't see them being able to push Florida State around if Florida State decides to be in their gaps. This is you know this is not the kind of offensive line. I think Boise State had a lot better offensive line than UVA, and I'm not sure UVA's offensive line is a whole lot better than than ULM's. But ULM was able to run it on Florida State, so we'll see. Uh, they they do have some pretty good running backs. They're physical. Again, they're, that, that's just what they do. Uh, they do throw to the running backs a lot. So, you know, they, they, they put it, put the ball in the flat pretty frequently. Uh, this this offense, they've got some 6'3", six, six, you know, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, reasonably big receivers, but they don't have a whole lot of 
vertical play. They don't make a lot of plays vertically. They will throw a lot horizontally out into the flats. They're gonna they're gonna push it in. They're gonna put it in some RPO stuff in the seams, and they're gonna do a lot in the curl zone. But it's a lot of curl flat type type stuff for this offense, where you're you you need to be disciplined there and come up and make the tackle. But that's what they do. And you really Florida State needs to make sure that they tackle ahead of the sticks and force them to continue to execute down the field because a couple incompletions and all of a sudden you've got to stop. And it, as I said, they've got some size at wide receiver, but they, they're not really explosive there. They're, this is a team you don't worry about running by you. And again, if I'm Florida State, if I'm Harlan Barnett and now Jim Levitt advising a little bit, but obviously the game plan's already been in. If I'm Harlan Barnett, I'm pressing these guys a bunch. I'm I'm looking at what Pitt did, and I'm saying they couldn't run by Pitt, and my, my DBs are better than Pitt's. So... I'm going to go ahead and press and I'm going to, I'm going to stack the box and I'm going to, I'm going to put an extra guy on Perkins. And if they can run by us, well, you know, we'll take it and we'll just give it back to the offense, but we're not going to let them just matriculate up the field slowly. Uh, to me, that's what you've got to do against them. I thought the same thing against Boise state though. And they didn't do that. So, you know, go figure. I, what, what are they, what they're going to do? I, 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 I don't know. But the real test here, are they going to be willing to play that kind of aggressive coverage to turn those guys loose and stop the run and stop Perkins in the running game and force them to beat them with some big plays in the passing game? If they if they're willing to do that and they can fit their fun, and Florida State can fix their their run fits, which I've talked about already this week, if they can fix that stuff, then listen, this offense is not super talented. It's not an offense that really has a whole lot that scares you. They could very well, absent some some turnovers and some horrible field position, they could very well hold this offense under 20 points. I mean, a 13-point output for, for UVA would not be surprising at all. But that depends on Florida State being able to fix their run fits and playing aggressive in the secondary and not just giving up underneath throws. And right now, can we be confident that they're going to do either one? It really boils down to that, though. So... Yeah, that's the frustrating thing is it's just unclear which one which one which one of those uh options they're going to take. Are they going to are they going to actually play Florida a Florida State style defense or are they going to just sort of die die by a thousand paper cuts cuz if they'll do that, Virginia if they'll let that happen, Virginia will absolutely take it. They're not going to force anything. They'll be happy to go down the field in 3-yard chunks. All right, we're going to go ahead and shift to the defensive side of the ball. But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and thank the second sponsor of the show. And that is Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida. Louis is the best in the business as a realtor. He is, as I've explained before, a trained photographer and videographer. He's going to set apart any house that he, he lists with drone footage, smooth walk-through walk video. If you want to sell your house as quickly as possible, if you live in the greater Jacksonville area, he's the person you need to talk to. Let him know you heard about him from the Unconquered Podcast. Also, if you need to find a place, nobody's going to outwork Lewis. Contact information's in the show notes. All right, as far as the UVA defense, they they run a 3-4. Uh, and actually, in many respects, they it's going to be helpful that Florida state has seen a lot of odd fronts in camp and all that for that reason. But their three, four is different from a lot of three, fours. They're not two gapping very much. 
Uh, they pretty much are a one gap three four, and actually their personnel more often than not is more like a three three. They're play- basically playing an odd nickel, where you have a third safety on the field to give them a lot of flexibility, and they use those safeties and move them around a lot to change what um, what looks the quarterback's going to get and, and to give themselves some blitz flexibility and to be able to run some combo coverages and all those sorts of things. It's actually similar in some ways, at least it looks to me similar in some ways, to what TCU does just out of an odd front. Uh, so if you're familiar with what Gary Patterson does at TCU, there's some similarities in the back end to what they do uh just with a lot of the mixes and and that sort of thing that they do in the back end. And ultimately their defense is in so many ways, even though they're running an odd front and Florida state is running a lot of odd front stuff is sort of the opposite of Florida state's defense. Athletically, they're not, you know, a bunch of blue chip guys. They're not super big up front. They're extremely well conditioned. They're very disciplined. They play very hard. They do their jobs They're tough to beat deep, and they don't miss many tackles. Well, that's pretty much the opposite. Now, that said, they're not, like I said, they're not super big up front. They win with quickness on the interior. Now, I do think that's probably going to be a problem for Florida State at times, particularly if Mike Arnold is on the field. He he has some trouble with with quicker guys on the interior. But they did get pushed around in some gap gap scheme stuff, some, some down blocks and some double teams. When, there, when Pitt ran power-o and some counter-tray and that sort of thing that, that got some gap blocking, they got pushed around a little bit against Pitt. But again, they are extremely well-conditioned, and those linebackers are going to trigger downhill, and they're going to uh, they're gonna, they're gonna get in the fray, and they don't miss that many tackles. So, you know, you're, you're going to ideally get them in situations where you're going to where you're going to try to to get some double teams and use your size if you're Florida State on the interior to be able to push them around a little bit based on what I saw against Pitt. And and that that really has to be sort of the key for for Florida State especially early is establishing the run, establishing that we're going to bully you up front, which again, this is a physical team. They're not going to take well to getting bullied, but they're not that big on the interior. And the key is just making sure you get your hands on them because they're going to shoot those gaps and they're going to they're going to bring six guys, you know, five guys. They're going to bring all sorts of pressure trying to shoot gaps from the second level to compensate in many ways for not having the dudes up front that they I mean, actually, they've had some dudes in the past They're I don't think they're quite as strong up front as they've been. So, uh, you know, that's going to be that's going to be something to, to keep an eye on. I think there's a chance that Florida State could run the ball pretty well. It's just a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to diagnose the fronts and, and, and make sure that they get their hands on the right people. If they get their hands on them, I think they're going to be able to block them. So that'll be interesting. Now, in the passing game, they don't give up a, a bunch of stuff. You know, you're not going to be able to just run by them in one-on-ones and so on just because they play, they, they play to take that stuff away. So, you know, the vertical choice routes and that sort of thing that 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 um, Bryles likes to run, that's gonna, a lot of those are going to turn into stop routes and things like that on the outside. You know, they're they're not gonna, they're not going to want they're they're going to basically play to not let Florida State beat them over the top. That said, Pitt did get him on a running back wheel. And so I do expect Florida State having seen that 
don't be surprised to see Bryles try a couple different combinations to hit them with a few different wheel concepts or switch concepts to get maybe a, a backer or a nickelback kind of lost in, in traffic and get either an H-back or a, or a running back up the sideline. That's something that I would look for. Uh, and then the other thing that I, I think they, that Pitt showed uh, that, that, that they could they could be had on is some shallow cross stuff and some mesh stuff. I think, again, their backers get good depth. They're disciplined at taking that stuff away. If you've got athletes, you can go ahead and run some shallow crosses and hit your uh, Treshawn Harrisons or your uh, Keyshawn Heltons, th- those kind of players, as they're coming underneath the backers. And those guys are going to win some foot races to the edge and, and get some positive yardage there. And that's something I'd expect to see Florida State really emphasize early is some of that shallow cross series in in the uh, Bryles offense. So uh, look for a, look for some wheel wheel stuff and look for some shallow cross stuff because of of what they do coverage wise. They'll also play some some quarters, uh, and when Bryles gets them in some quarters looks, that's where you'll see some inside uh, options where they'll try to pump and go or they'll try some sort of uh, some sort of combo route to get an over-the-top post route to the outside receiver uh, against those quarters looks. And that's where if, if Terry's going to have an impact on this game, it's going to be on a deep post against quarters. Uh, and I expect that they'll they'll try to find a way early to, again, scheme that in because that's, that's really their best bet at getting something down the field. Uh, Pitt also did get them on a few bubbles off the RPO, uh, RPO game uh, as guys crashed against the run because, again, they're, they're going to first and foremost try to take away the run. And so there's sometimes some some additional space out there, but we'll we'll see how they play that against Florida State. I think they'll be willing to let Florida State throw the bubble. So this is one of those games where I think some of the screen game on the outside to the receivers is something that you'll see a, a decent amount of. I don't think their special teams are especially frightening or anything to ro- write home about. Neither Florida State, so just you know move on from there. And now we're going to go ahead and. Uh, take a look at the at the final summary in terms of what's going to happen uh, or what, what what to look for in this game. And uh, before we do that, I'm going to thank my third sponsor, and that is Garage Makeovers. They are the top-rated garage remodeling company in South Florida, according to both Home Advisor and Angie's List. Licensed and insured, they've been serving all of Palm Beach and Broward County since 05. If you live in one of those counties and you need any garage work done, call Nathan at Garage Makeovers. Information's in the show notes number 954-571-8774. That's 954-571-8774. Let them know you heard about them from the Unconquered Podcast. All right, as far as the final final analysis of this game, just overview, honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game <laughs> in terms of outcome. I would be totally unsurprised if Virginia came out and behind Bryce Perkins' legs, ran for 250 yards and won by 14 and just walked away from Florida State and just out-physicaled him. And we continued to see Florida State looking clueless in the run in the run game and not fitting well in the run game. And that's that. Totally unsurprised. A couple turnovers. They are an opportunistic defense. And, you know, Florida State's shown a penchant to put the ball on the ground or, or make a bad decision here or there in the in the passing game. Totally unsurprised if this game is something like, you know, Virginia 38, Florida State 28, or Virginia 38, Florida State 24, something like that. Totally unsurprised. I would also be completely unsurprised if Florida State suddenly defensively managed to 
fit their gaps better in this game and won by 21. See Florida State, you know, 41 to 20 or something like that, or 38 to 13 Florida State. I totally would not be surprised to see that because it, the the issues on defense are it's so some of these issues are really so easy to fix it's so simple that if guys just do their job all of a sudden you've got to you've got to pass or you've got to run defense and everything else fits but it's all about whether or not we're going to see improvement are we going to see improvement are we going to see Florida State actually fitting their gaps correctly if not well that's going to that's going to be that are we going to see not turning the ball over and being stupid at different points on offense. It's all about whether or not we see improvement. Now, if I want to see who's on the field. If it's the same depth chart from last week and that those guys are playing the same minutes, the same reps, why would we expect anything to change? So, you know, if I if, if they're running out and five is getting the majority of reps at, at the uh, at the linebacker position and you're still seeing 16 do what 16 does, then why would we expect anything to change? I mean, there, there's, and there's a few other guys I could, I could call out, but, you know, why would we expect to change? But if a few things change, then all of a sudden Florida State is, a, is kind of a scary team because that offense has actually been pretty productive at different points, and they've looked really good alternately along with really bad. But last year, they didn't look really good ever. Now, as far as what I ultimately am going to go with... I think percentage in this game, I'm just going to say this is a coin flip. This is a coin flip game because I really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and split the difference and I'm going to go with the home team winning. I'm I'm going to say Virginia wins 31-28, even though I'd kind of be surprised by that score. So, I mean, it's one of those where I I kind of see it as Virginia either walks away or Florida State actually comes out and plays good football and, and... you know, dominates the game. So don't know what to expect. I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss. I don't think the Florida State coaching staff has any idea what to expect. I don't think Virginia has any idea what to expect. This is one of those games where we're all going to be watching just to see what happens because it's just a total crapshoot on whether or not they decide to show some improvement and actually do their jobs. And if they do their jobs, then all of a sudden things are different. Well, go ahead and wrap there. I want to thank my three sponsors, as always, EPR Creations, Luis Marquez, and Garage Makeovers. Also want to thank the patrons, or patrons, above the Bleach Numbers level. That is Keith Chaney, Casey Kidd, Chris Chartrand, Andrew Garrett, and Bert Bertoldi. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.